This is episode 27. In this episode, you'll meet a financial planner for Latino professionals. Learn about his journey from being in the military to now owning his own financial planning business. Enjoy! Hello, hello, I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate. Bienvenidos! It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Relate and Elevate. And I have a, a new person. Actually, we just met online on Instagram like last week. So you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks for having me on, Giselle. Uh, my name is uh, Joe Bautista. I'm the founder of Grow with Joe, a company that combines financial planning with self-development coaching for Latino professionals. Uh, I just got started on July 1st, so I'm reaching out to folks is to uh, spread the message of, of what I do at Grow with Joe, which is financial planning and self-development coaching. And I was like, oh, let me uh, just reach out to Giselle and see if she's willing to collaborate in. Yeah, you were very friendly, and you, <laughs> now, we're, now we're doing a podcast together. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I really, really appreciate what you're, what you're doing in helping out our Latino community and Latina community with financial planning and financial education. It is so necessary for everyone. It is. Yeah. Just how many people are going to be ready for retirement by age 65? Um, not I. <laughs> <laughs> only five percent yeah so okay well let's start with a little icebreaker okay what is your favorite food favorite food i love mediterranean food really yeah. i think the mediterranean food is so much like mexican food i mean what? the the beans are like the the garbanzo beans that they have the rice <laughs> We have rice and then we have tortillas and they have the flatbread or the pita, the pita bread. bread. Yeah. They have, or the hummus too, like um, is like frijoles. Frito. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. It's, because ours, it's some people have lard or some people have oil, but the chickpeas, the hummus, it has oil in it. So. Well, a lot of what Mexican, a lot of Mexican food is inspired by other countries. Oh well, yeah. So like the Alpa store came from the Moors in Spain, I believe, from that, that style. Mm -hmm. And then you have like the German beers inspired, like the Coronas and everything. And then like the, the French bread, like came from France. So it's like yeah. all these. The bolillo, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like Latinos are really good at, at creating hybrid snacks. Mm -hmm. You got Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Mm -hmm. cucumber flavored Gatorade like <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're good at we're, we're good at uh taking old ideas and making them better yeah for sure well like matter like there's this great place and I used to live in DC there's this great place called a uh, Rodian Cava it's like uh, Chipotle but for Mediterranean food 
Mm. It was, I would love, I love going to that place. I miss it so much, but they don't have it here in Oregon. Mm. And they also have a lot of like sauces and stuff to add, mm-hmm. like, you know, how we do too. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm really, really hungry. Okay. So <laughs> what is your favorite color? Uh, red. Because Why of the like- Portland Trailblazers. Because uh, you're, fr- you're from Portland, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm from the Portland area. I grew up about 45 minutes east of Portland. But like mm-hmm. growing up, my favorite team was Portland Trailblazers. Team colors are red and black. Mm-hmm. So, so I was just like, oh, I like red. I look good in red too. So, <laughs> What's the most recent book you've read? Uh, so I just, I'm reading right now Trillion Dollar Coach. Trillion? Which it, Trillion Dollar yeah. Coach? Mm. Yeah, it's about, oh, what's his name? The first name is Bill, Bill Campbell. Bill Campbell used to be a football coach uh, for Columbia back in the day. And then he he was, like, very passionate. He's, like, the only player. He was the only player to um, to get Columbia to win the Ivy League Cup. And, but then he started working with all these tech companies from, like, Apple to Google to like literally everybody. And so they call him the trillion dollar coach because he created a trillion dollars worth of value huh. by working with Apple and Google and everything. So I'm like wow. a quarter way into that book right now. What do you like about it the most? Oh, I just want to know about like the strategies on what causes this person to be so great and why everyone loves them and everything and, and the tech in the tech world. Mm, mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, this is how you become a trillion dollar coach. Mm. And I'm a big believer that success leaves a trail. So if mm. this person is so successful, okay, what can I borrow from him to make mm-hmm. implement in my life, to make my life better or how to make my business better or how to make my relationship stronger. Hmm. Okay. So, but, okay. So good. I'm glad. And also in a few years down the future, or maybe in 10 years from now when you make a trillion dollar impact, though, <laughs> we'll still be working together, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll keep reaching out and keep doing everything. I'll, I'm, not, I'm not one to forget where good. I came from, so. What, what's the last song you listened to? Uh, what is it on, on Spotify right now? Um, Addictiva by Daddy Yankee. Oh, is that like a new song? I don't think I know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I love Latin trap music. So yeah, there's uh, Spotify has this a lot of playlists or Viva Latino and everything. Oh, okay. Oh, if you could meet one person dead or alive, who would that be? I would say Benjamin Franklin. I read his biography earlier this year and I feel like that's the path that I want to take in terms of like he started a business and then he got into politics and then he went back into business and, and he like borrowed a bunch of ideas from other people to make him success self successful. And he was like a very good at being a social chameleon in terms of like being able to work with every, everybody. Um, you ever heard of the Ben Franklin effect? Mm -mm. So if you're trying to get someone that doesn't like you to do a favor for you, the best thing to do is ask them to do a small favor for you. So what Ben Franklin did when he was working in Congress and I believe in Philadelphia, 
someone didn't really like him, but he asked this one guy who had this pretty extensive library back in the day, asked him to borrow this book. He borrowed the book and gave it back to him in a week later. And then, so like, since he did a small favor for this, for Ben Franklin, he was like, oh, I must like Ben Franklin because why would I do something for him? So like, um. so like he, like Ben Franklin was very wise and very, um, did a lot of amazing things in terms of being creative, like was very big into science. I'm very big into learning and everything. And he was able to, uh, when he was, went to France after his standing in Congress, he was a, an ambassador, I believe, but he was able to like really integrate in the French culture and everything. He was able to change his lifestyle and habits and everything so that the French people just loved him. And they're like, there's this other guy, I can't believe really, other like famous politician came over to France. He was like, try to be, do things the American way in France. And like all the French people were like, no, we don't want to deal with you. Let's deal with Ben Franklin. So I feel like if hmm. I could be with like, if I could sit with anybody, it would be Brown Franklin because of like what he was able to do and how he was able to do it. I like the term you you use, social chameleon. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know, really heard that before. And that's what Ben Franklin was. He was he just he understood people and was able to influence and persuade people to do the right things because. He just had the right skills. So if I could be a tenth of the person he was, I'll be pretty well off myself. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Now I want to read his biography. <laughs> it's really good. Like everything that, um, was it Isaac Walterson, I think, or something like he did the Steve Jobs book and the Ben Franklin book. And he did the Da Vinci book. I really want to read that book as well. Okay, last question for mm -hmm. getting to know you a little bit more is tell us something that only a handful of people know about you. Uh, a handful of people? I don't, well, now that I'm like 33 and everything, I, I, I tell people that I like as a kid, I was overweight. So like right now I'm 6'3", 195, 200 pounds. I haven't weighed myself in a while, but like as a kid in the sixth grade, I weighed uh, like 190 pounds and I was five, six. So I was, mm. was it six, nine inches shorter, but like literally the same weight kind of. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. How does that, like, how does that come up? You say you're starting to tell people that like, how does that? Uh, it's just, uh, it's just because uh, like when I do my uh, development coaching and everything, like people mm. tend to see like, oh, this is Joe. And I want to be like, oh, Joe was not always like this. This mm -hmm. is where Joe came from and everything. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, just show them like, hey, this is where I started. And this is where I'm at right now. Like I want to tell people it's not where you are in life. Where you are in life is not who you are going to who you're going to be for the rest of your life. It's just where you are yeah. right now. It's just, yeah, just where, it's what life looks like right now. <laughs> yeah. But like people assume like, Oh, he was always like this. No, it's, it's really not the case. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So now we're going to move into talking about cultural identity. Mm -hmm. How do you self identify? Well, I am half Mexican, mostly half Polish, but I mostly identify as, as Latino because of like, the black hair and I like the music and the food and everything. And 
just really want to I also noticed that like within the, the Latino uh, population, like, oh, we need a lot of help. Like, and I'm like, okay, what can I do to help? Like, I can't save the whole, everybody, but like, what can I do to save my slice to help um, that demographic or the Latino community? Yeah, out? To so make like, an impact. To make yeah. an impact, yeah. Like, how can I save or how can I help out 50, 100 people, and then from there, they can create a chain effect. Those 100 people can then help one more person, and then it just keeps, it's a multiplying effect. So what does cultural identity mean to you? Cultural identity, I, I don't know, like being biracial, it's like, oh, I just, I feel like it goes back to that social chameleon. You just, if you're, depending on the environment you're in, you're just, adapt to it so like like if i'm hanging around a bunch of latinos like okay well let's talk about what they're talking about and enjoy doing what they're doing and it's like dancing or enjoying the food or everything or or if it's like if i'm in a business setting you talk about business or if you're like with well, it just depends like i don't know i feel like i can like since i'm half white half mexican i can like go both way like um cross over in different cultures like I got, I got to understand. Mm, yeah. Yeah. To be able to be part of it, you definitely got to understand it, have some sort of connection. Right. Mm-hmm. How has your Polish uh, culture impacted your life or is it? Yeah. It just made me tall. So <laughs> <laughs> you're six, yeah. three, right? <laughs> yeah, six, three. My dad's five, five. So that's, that's the biggest thing I feel like. Uh, my mom is not very big into like her culture and everything. She was born here in the in the states and everything. So, and her dad passed away when she was like four years old and everything. So, mm-hmm. I felt like that took a toll on mm-hmm. everything. So, so mostly just like me, like I like as a kid, I would I went to Mexico like seven times to Oaxaca. That's where my dad is from, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I feel like that's Oaxaca. why. Yeah, it's very good food, very friendly people and everything. But it's also the like the second poorest state in Mexico. So you mm-hmm. see a lot of poverty and like uh like going there made me realize, oh, this is where my dad grew up and like, oh, this is the opportunities he came. Oh, no wonder he came to the United States in the seventies. Mm-hmm. And so so I guess that's why another reason why I identify more as Latino because I've been to Mexico eight times and every eight times and just experienced the culture and then and then I really got into uh, being a surround, like growing in Oregon is super, super white growing up. Like uh, there was only one other Latino that I, that I had as a friend pretty much. And then when I went in the Marines, that's when I got exposed to a bunch of other Latinos. And then once I moved to DC, got exposed to all, a whole nother set of Latinos and everything. So that I just got put into that circle. Does it does it feel it doesn't it feel different though? Like you just described three different phases of your life, um, and they all had di- different phase, like different feelings, right? With your with your cultural identity. So growing up in Oregon, you had one experience with your culture. Being in the Marines, you had a different experience with your culture, and then going to Washington D.C. is a different experience, and it's all part of your identity. 
Ah, I don't know. I feel like I'm the like I'm the future in terms of like I'm biracial. In terms of like we I'm ex- I have all these different different uh, culture experiences mixed in with me, so it just gives me my own unique experience. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like one of the constants in the world is change. Like the world is constantly going to change. What we know now is so much different than a hundred years ago, and a hundred years from now is going to be totally different. So. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you just have to roll with the times. Whatever is in front of me, that's what it, I'm going to enjoy and uh, deal with. And yeah, just the world is changing fast. And I, like, I don't want to live in the past and, and just be stuck there. I want to be living in the present. Yeah. And enjoy, enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Well, let's shift gears and talk about your business. You said you started on July 1st mm-hmm. and you said, um, so, so what is you, what is it that you sell? What is you, what are your products or your services and where, where do you sell them? Uh, so I created a company called grow with Joe. Uh, my tagline is if you go with Joe, you can grow with Joe cause Joe knows dough. <laughs> oh, so I was, I was also it reminds thinking. me of the bow. Um, oh, Bo knows. Bo knows. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was also thinking like, oh, if you have questions about dough, go with Joe. I grow with Joe. So mm. if you can make something rhyme, people tend to remember it a lot better. So, but what I do at Grow with Joe is it's a company that combines financial planning with self development coaching, where I focus on the Latino professionals. Uh, so, like, I got into that business. I wanted to get in that business because when I was in DC, I noticed that a lot of my friends, they're like, there's their, they're the first ones having professional jobs. They're working on the Hill. They're working on consultancy firms. Uh, they're working at like as doctors or physician assistants and everything. And I'm like, ask them questions like, cause I got into finances because my growing up, like uh, my parents had financial difficulties at time, and and at one time when I was in high school, I think as a junior, they went bankrupt. And I was like, oh okay, what do I? Ha-? From that moment, I was like, hey, what do I have to do to take control of my finances? So that's why I started reading books about personal finance and started my Roth IRA, and basically why I went in the Marines to get my education paid for. So I was always interested in in finances and stocks and everything. And then when I got to DC, I would ask my friends, hey, what are you doing with your 401k? Or what are you doing about this? And they're like, oh, I don't know. It's like, and I, and I knew that was like a, a three hundred dollars to $500,000 mistake because like within the federal government. Wait, hold te- on. three hundred dollars to $500,000 mistake? Yep. Mm. Because it all depends on where you're investing in. So uh, like with TSP, they just made the change. But like back in the day, I think I think it was like three years ago, four years ago, they would put you straight into government securities or government bonds, which would give you like a 2% return. And so mm-hmm. if you're getting a 2% return, it means your money is going to double every 36 years. So mm-hmm. it's very, very like you won't lose your capital, but you don't as a 20 year old, you're not getting those growth opportunities that you need for your future. Mm-hmm. So you need to be more invested in stocks, which will give you more growth opportunities. So like if you invest in stocks, you, you should like historical data is like between seven and 9%. So let's just say, for example, you get an 8% return, uh, 8% return means your money's doubling every nine years. 
So mm. as a person, as a 20 year old, do you want your money to double every nine years or every 36 years? Yeah. And so the power of comp due to the power of compound interest, if you put your money in the wrong areas, that can literally be a 300 or 500 or even a million dollar mistake, depending on how much you invested in for how long. Mm. And then when you come to retirement, you're like, Oh crap, I'm missing a million dollars that I need. <laughs> Like, where's my million dollars? It's yeah. not there. <laughs> well, really, well, like when it comes to your financial goals, you need to have your goals written down. Then you need to have the strategy and then you need to have the financial plan. And that's what I do is I go over somebody's goals and talk about shortfalls and things they need to think about. Then I develop the strategy and then I present the plan saying, hey, these are the specific steps that we're going to take over the next 12 months to help you um, get the peace of mind with your with your finances for the future and not just for the future, but also in the short term. As, so as when well. you work, when you work with a client, how mm -hmm. long do you expect to work with them? Is it just like a one time session, give them information and that's it. Or is it like, Oh no, we're working together for the rest of your life or the next year or. Well, I prefer uh, rest of our, the client's life <laughs> or as long as I stay in business, which I, I could probably stay in this business for the next 45 years because it's not that hard on the body. Mm. Um, but like uh, I have different models. So I have uh, a prescription model, a prescription uh, subscription model where people pay me a monthly fee and they have, we have two to three meetings a year to discuss different financial topics. So like for one, uh, client, uh, they are looking to buy a house. So I'm like, so we're going to discuss different options on how to buy a home and how it fits into their overall financial picture mm -hmm. in terms of like, okay, where are we going to need to get the money from? Okay. Do we pull it from here or do we do this? And I can, I look at their budget and I have some ideas on how to increase their cash flow so that they can help them the goal, but also make them realize like, Hey, if you do this, this might mean you have to do this in terms of retirement. Maybe you don't retire 65, but you retire 68, but I haven't run. I'm going to do that financial plan this week. Mm. And so, but like I do those financial projections for them, but also talk about things like, Oh, do you have disability insurance? No, I don't have disability insurance. Okay. This is what you want to consider when you get disability insurance, go find this person. Same thing with life insurance, long-term care insurance. Oh, you have kids, oh, and you have all these assets, oh, you might need to get a trust. Or like, here's a will, do you have advanced medical directive? Like, like all these different financial topics that, it's not just investments, it's the whole financial picture. And so like, I could do a subscription model where they like, have access to me, or we could do a project-based one where you're like, hey, you pay me this, this fee, we're just gonna have this one meeting, and that's basically it, it's like one and done. So I prefer the, the long term, like where you mm -hmm. have access to me and they just pay me a monthly subscription. Um, Cause it's less work for me to go out and find new customers that way than doing project base. And um, did you mention you're going to start online classes or you're working on an online class? Um, I'm working on an online course for, so like I, so that's just for circularly for financial planning. That's like the main thing I do. And then I also do development coaching for this book that I wrote, uh, called more, you know, more you grow. 
So my coaching philosophy is based on this one John Wooden quote where he says, your outer circle success will never surpass your inner circle success. So if you want the outer circle success of your career, your money, and your relationships, you got to work on yourself first with your physical self, your mental self, your spiritual self, and your emotional self. And so I created this quiz where you, you get graded on all four cornerstones. And so let's say you take the quiz and you score 75% strong physically, 75% strong mentally, 50% strong spiritually, emotionally, a perfect score would be 400%. And, but if you scored 75, 75, 50, and 50, you only got 250 out of 400. So 250 divided by 400 is 62.5%. So, which on a gradient scale is a D. So if your inner circle is a D, then that means you're going to have D relationships, D career, and D finances. And so then my goal is to help you work on those areas so you can then get up to C level and B level and A level by working on, on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self. Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Yep. Mm. The four cornerstones. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Those are all really important. And then there... And they all like go off of each other too. Yeah. They're interrelated. Um, um, I say you should work on your physical self first because um, like since I was overweight as a kid, I know that when I was overweight, I had less confidence. I had less energy. I don't know. I just didn't feel good about myself. But now that I work out all the time, I, I'm more confident. I feel healthier. I feel like, oh, I can go out and do stuff. And one of the one of the sayings that I've heard in life is that the mind follows the body and the body follows the mind. So if I'm in good physical shape, then I'm going to be in good mental shape. Hmm. Yeah, and then definitely. Work on your physical self first. Then you work on your mental self first because that's when you're going to get the wisdom. So I feel like you get the wisdom so you can develop strategies so then you can make better decisions with your life. Mm, yeah. And then you, work, then you work on your emotional self because your emotional self is really going to make the difference in terms of like, are you going to fall, fall for um, imposter syndrome? Are you going to self-sabotage yourself? Are you going to let your ego get in the way of making a good decision and everything? Um, you're not giving your power to somebody else. You're like, you, you could be okay being alone. Um, all these others, there's this really good book called um, 13 Things um, Mentally Strong, Strong People Don't Do by Amy Morin. And yeah, basically a lot of what I know about emotion, getting emotionally stronger came from that book. Mm. Mm. Interesting. And then spiritual, when I say spiritual, I mean self-actualization. You know who you want to be as a person and then you're being who you want to be as a person. And so mm. by, by experimenting with your life and understanding your life, that's going to help you understand who you need to be as a person, like to help me become a financial planner. Like I had to, I grew up in a small town in Oregon with 5,000 people, win the Marines, uh, went to school, got a degree in public health, thought I was going to go into healthcare administration, moved to Washington, D.C., worked at the Pentagon, quit the Pentagon after eight months, uh, went back to school for economics, did a White House internship with the, the first lady. Uh, became a personal trainer, became a financial advisor, buy my own book, and then now I'm starting my own business as a uh, financial planner slash development coach at Grow With Joe. So like this is what I really want to do for the rest of my life. Ult ultimate goal is down the road is I want to 
start hiring financial planners underneath me. So because as one person, I can only help so many people. But if I could start recruiting financial planners underneath me, I would like to get more Latinos in the field because we only make up 2% of financial planners in the industry. And then, then if I get one more, then I could help 200. And then if I get 10, then I could help 1,000. Hmm. Yeah. And then just keep it growing from there. So how does your cultural identity affect the way you run your business? I mean, you, you've already talked about that in a few ways, a few aspects, but is there anything else you want to add to that? Uh, I just, I guess I create more content. I want to create more content related to Latinos and everything. One thing I noticed with the Latino community is like, like, people my age, they have to worry about their kids and their parents. And that creates a lot of Mm -hmm. stress. And it's like, like I see it all the time. It's, oh, like they're they're making good money and everything. But then they're like, oh, I have to take care of my parents. And taking care of your parents can be a lot of money, especially when it comes to long-term care. When that day comes, that can cost anywhere between like $3,000 a month to like $7,000 a month, depending on the facility. So like I want to start creating content to help them like think about this like hey you maybe it might be wise to start thinking about getting your parents a long-term care policy but it depends because um, in terms of what their assets and are and everything but just let them know what the options are you don't want to make a decision at the last moment because when you have to do that then your options are limited you want to yeah. be able to be like hey if that day comes, I can live life the way that I want to live. Yeah, I really feel that our our Latinx community really needs a lot of information. Like we don't spend, uh, and I'm speaking for myself as well. Like mm-hmm. I don't spend enough time asking these questions of myself and my life, and and, and I don't, I wouldn't even know where to start. You know, <laughs> so I well, really the- appreciate you really tackling this issue well you got to think about like what we have to deal today is so much different than 25 years ago 50 years ago in terms of people are living longer than ever people are come if they're immigrants from latin america financial markets are not that strong people don't really believe in them there's also a big Mm -hmm. culture that their parents live with them Mm -hmm. (laughs) when they're older and stuff like like my grandparents in mexico live with my cousins in the same mm-hmm. house so like mm-hmm. but that and that's just something that was seemed very normal is that your the parents live with the some yeah, sibling that happens here a lot too yep my none of my grandparents live alone or in an in assisted living facility or, yeah they live with family yeah so but but that comes with issues and everything in terms of like flexibility in terms of like your career choices and where you live and do you like, do you, can you live in the city or do you have to live in the suburbs because you need a bigger place because you have to take care of your, your family and your kids and everything. So like, but like I, what I try to do is like build a financial plan. It's like, okay, down the road, these things might happen. Let's have a plan for them. So when that happens, you have the most flexibility and control over your situation. You got to yeah, be intentional. That's what I like is being intentional and creating plans, but it's not something that I currently really do that much with my finances. So 
Well, that's why you go to a professional. Like, (laughs) like it took me 12 months to do a uh, financial planning course at George Mason. And then it took me four years to like, that was fine. Then it was like four years of working at my previous firm to like really understand financial planning and like what people have to go through and, and plan for and everything. And like people like really need hands on like financial, like they need someone yeah. to monitor their plan yes. and, and just like, Hey, do this. Like all the time I have to like constantly follow up with people. Hey, did you do this? Hey, remember you have to do this. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm nagging them, but like they're paying me to do that for them. So. Mm-hmm. And now I'd like to take a little break. Paper Tacos creates greeting cards that are influenced by Latino culture and tradition. Each greeting card is inspired by songs like Sana Sana Colita de Rana to create a get well card or imagery of traditional foods like pan dulce for love and friendship cards. When you give a paper taco greeting card, both the giver and the receiver connect culturally in a way that other greeting cards can't. Check out the full line of paper tacos greeting cards at www.papertacos.net. So how easy or difficult was it for you to find what you needed to start your business? Like you, like, like customers or, I mean, it seems like you already were doing it. You, you said you were doing it for someone else already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Started your own. So how, how easy or how difficult was it to transition from being a financial planner for someone else to being it for yourself? Well, so at the last company I was with, I was basically an independent contractor. Think of it as like a franchise system. Mm-hmm. Like they provided the support and the resources and the and the, the products to sell. And I was basically an agent for them or like just like an intermediate for them to like, oh, let me go find people and everything. And I got some clients from from the company as well. Um, but like I still had to pay my own expenses and everything. So I got I got, I got lucky. I got a a bonus from the Marines that I held on to, which really helped me start a business. Um, use that up. And then then I found out about this other association where because really I, I wanted to do do this all virtually because my goal is to go live in Latin America for two years to go learn Spanish. So mm-hmm. I, I do all my meetings virtually over, uh, over Zoom video conferencing. And mm-hmm. so like I present the financial plan to them. I like we interact and everything. They should, can share their screen. So if we need to change things with their 401k, we could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah so and then also i found out like oh i don't i can keep more of my money from what i like if i was to do uh do a financial plan and i charge a planning fee they would get their cut and i would get my cut but now i get my own 100 percent my own cut so um yeah thank god for technology in this association called the xy financial planning network Mm -hmm. uh basically i just pay them a monthly fee of four twenty-five a month for access to the resources and everything, which is basically the same price I was paying the other one. Plus, I had to pay, um, give them a cut of whatever I did. So I'm like, 
oh, let me go do it on my own. And I am also, I like doing just being, because back in the day I was a broker dealer. So I got paid by selling financial products and everything. Um, and so when you're running in that realm, you, there's more restrictions on what you can say. It's a very highly regulated industry. So Rick, right now I'm strictly fee for service. So I don't get paid off any commissions. I don't get any kickbacks from any companies. People just um, pay me a, a fee. And I feel like it could be more of a fiduciary to my, to my customers. Like I'm not, I'm not, there's not an urge to have them sell, a, get them to buy this certain product that it would be beneficial to them, but like there's other options. Like, mm-hmm. so. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And plus this, like what I noticed is like people have a lot of questions. They're so busy yeah. with their nine to five. They have relationships. Like they might have kids and everything. They have hobbies. They don't have time to monitor everything that they need to do with their finances. Yeah. And like I do that. I monitor their plan and I plan it out for them. So they're like, Oh, Joe got it. Yeah. Um, and so like, oh, I'm on track, okay. And then if they need to make some changes, we make some changes. So you mentioned that you have all of your client meetings over Zoom, mm-hmm. but what other technological tools do you use? Like what's your favorite? What's your favorite technological tool that you use for your business? Uh, I like uh, Evernote. Evernote is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it because I- of the web clipper. Um, anytime I have, there's an extension on Chrome. So if there's an article I like, I just, um, save it in Evernote and then, and then I can add a tag to it. I put all my podcasts in there. I put all my chapters of my upcoming books in there. Um, I organize, I put my daily journal in there. I just use it like literally every single day to help me organize my thoughts. Hmm. And you can put content in there too, right? Could, yeah. Could you create content in there? Or it's more of like a, like a place to hold? It's a place to hold. Yeah. So like if I write a blog post, I, I have all my blog posts in there. I have all my podcast episodes in there for what I'm going to say. Um, like if there's any like financial planning articles that I really like, I just put in my financial planning um, notebook. Hmm. I also like it because on your phone they have you can scan like let's say you go go to a conference and you get a handout uh you can, what i do is i with that handout if it's useful to me as i immediately scan it and put it into evernote and with evernote the premium version i think it's like 65 or 70 bucks a year it can read the text inside that that document mm. so you could just like search for it and be like oh, oh yeah that's i remember that mm. And then now you're not holding onto a bunch of paper that you, that you dread looking through. So or taking a picture and putting it on your phone. Yeah, and it's in the cloud, so you could be on your desktop, it's all on your laptop, mm-hmm. and it's all right there. Evernote is a good, no good note taking app. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of use Google Drive in a similar way that you use Evernote, but. It, but it's but it is different though. I wouldn't well, be able like to do on, a lot of things on Google Drive that you do for Evernote. Yeah, like on, like on my phone, like like if there's an article, I could um, click the share button. I have an Android, and then you just click on Evernote, and it just adds to Evernote, and it just adds it to Evernote. Mm-hmm. 
Or like if you take a screenshot, you could put it in Evernote. Like it's a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you could have done something different, what would that have been? With the business? Yeah, with your business. I know you just recently started, but. Uh, I wish I would have known how important marketing was four years ago. Mm. I would have really focused on marketing. But like, uh, it took me a while to understand like the craft of financial planning. But marketing is like so crucial in terms of like getting people in the funnel and people getting people in the door. Like the more mm-hmm. people you see, the better you're, better you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but like learning marketing is very crucial. How can you create a pipeline that gets people in the doors, either through referrals or digital marketing or whatever you do? Um, that's one of the, th- I want to get more into digital marketing. That's why I really like being a fee for service because now I can actually use Instagram. I could use, I could actually write blog posts. Mm-hmm. because like if you work at a big um big um big firm uh they typically have a lot of compliance because you have like a handful of like five people or whatever i don't know of the amount like you have like a couple people having to monitor the um online presence of like 500 financial advisors that's too much work for them so what they're going to do is we're just going to compare cut everything down to make it this as vanilla as possible. So we don't get in trouble by the SEC or FINRA. Hmm. And so, so you have more freedom to create your own content to attract your own customers. So yeah. Yep, exactly. Hmm. Hmm. So can you share some advice for anyone with a culturally specific business or business idea? Uh, just just get started you don't have to be great to get started you just got to get started become great uh just do it just take action that's what i would say i feel like a lot of people have it in their head like oh i can't start i have to wait for things to get better but like the it goes to that saying like the best time to plant a tree was uh 20 years ago but the next <laughs> best time to plant a tree is today mm-hmm. so whatever you're trying to do is just go out and do it. Take action. Don't think about it. Just you're probably going to make mistakes. But like when you're going out and doing this new thing, I would say practice where it's cheap. Don't don't get the best website. Don't do everything. Just like mm, practice of, where it's cheap. Yeah, That's practice where it's cheap. Great advice. Yeah. Don't don't take on ten thousand dollars of debt, and you don't have any customers. Like. It should be like $500 and then you're like, okay, what do I need to do to make this work? You don't need a fancy website to get your first client. My, my website's on Google sites and it's free. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, just, yeah, don't, like don't get the fanciest office. That, like, like practice where it's cheap first. Build up your skill set, build up your client base. And then from there, then once you, things are more established, then you can start expanding out and everything. Yeah. Grow your business and then grow your finances with Joe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> grow your, wait, grow your dough with Joe. <laughs> yeah. Grow your dough with Joe. 
So, okay, one last question. Mm-hmm. If you had no constraints, would you start another business right now? And what would it be? Uh, I want to start another. I, w- I would just double down on Grow With Joe and just make it bigger and bigger. I have future plans with Grow With Joe. As, like I want to start an endowment fund. I want to... Um, can you can you explain what that is? What's an endowment fund? Or a foundation. So basically, I want to do like what Bill Gates has done with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. It's like they take their money and they fund projects that they they think are important. Like they spend a lot of money on malaria prevention and everything. So what I would like to do with Grow with Joe is create a an endowment fund or a foundation that's going to provide opportunities to to Latinos. Like oh hey go um like one of the things that really expanded my 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 idea of what i could accomplish in life is when i, when I moved to washington dc and so my um ex-partner uh got a fellowship in washington dc and she got that fellowship because mcdonald's paid for her for her way there which is like forty five thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars like that and mm. so she was the the mcdonald's fellow and if she didn't get that fellowship, I don't know where my life would be because I wouldn't know what my true potential was as an individual. Mm. And so like, okay, now let me, so what I would like to do is do the same thing for others. Like maybe not, not on the scale, not yet, but like down the road, it's like, hey, how can I provide uh, opportunities for others so they can realize that where they are in life is not who they are in life mm-hmm. and that they can um, live their best life Mm, i like that where you are in life is not who you are in life yeah yeah if i was to tell my uh myself like if i was to go tell my freshman year old or high school year old self you're gonna go join the marines you're gonna do all this uh go work live in dc work at the pentagon work work inside the white house write your own books start your own financial planning business you're gonna be fitter than you are now and everything and like yeah, I don't know. I was extremely shy as a kid as well. So, so now I'm more outgoing and everything and just like, oh, you would never believe me. So like, I want to show people like, hey, this is where I was and this is where I'm at right now. And uh, you can make it too. The mm. key thing is you, you just got to start taking action on yourself. Just mm. focus on getting 1% better every single day. If you get 1% better every single day for one year, you don't improve by 365%. You improve by over 3,700%. So you become 37 times better as a person. If you focus on growing yourself 1% better every day, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Hmm. Wait, how, how does that work out? 1% every, every day. Yeah, so it's 1%. Adding, yeah. So it's, so let's say you're a hundred. So then it's mm-hmm. 101, then it's a hundred, like, 102.2 then mm-hmm. it's like 103.3 mm-hmm. so it just compounds yeah. mm-hmm. on top of each other it's just you're not at, you're not adding one every single day it's, yeah it's not one percent of 100 every single day it's one yes. percent of where you are now <clears throat> yeah, exactly. so if you improve your life or make an impact in your life of one percent today then tomorrow will be today plus one percent and then tomorrow plus one percent next yeah yeah, it's like kind of like the saying, do you want a thousand dollars or do you want a penny that doubles in size every day for 30 days? 
I, I wouldn't even know how to answer that question. I would have. You want the, you want the penny because okay. it goes from a penny <laughs> okay. to two pennies, then four pennies and eight pennies. And then I think it's like a million dollars after 30 days. It, uh, one penny doubles every day for 30 days. Yeah. Oh. Something, I think it's a million dollars. See, even, even things like this, like I've not really put much thought or not really exposed to things like this or ideas like this. So just thinking about money in a different way or thinking about numbers in a different way and how things compound like that is. Well, there's a really good book called um, Thinking Slow and Fast. So we have two different brain sets to help us make decisions. We have our amygdala, which is like our reptile brain, which is responsible for quick thinking, emotional thinking. It's kind of mm-hmm. our fight or fly, like, oh, there's danger. Okay, we run or we fight. Mm-hmm. And then we have our prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for our logical thinking. Mm-hmm. If I was to tell you two plus two, you're like, oh, it's four. But if I was to tell you what's a 1,738 divided by 3.2, you're like, I have to think that out, right? Mm-hmm. And so like most people are stuck in this uh, fast thinking where they're making quick decisions based on rules of thumb that don't really apply anymore. You have to start mm-hmm. slowing things down and start thinking. And so there's like mm-hmm. this, um, um, there's this question that he asked in the book to help you. So there's like, so if there's a baseball bat and a, uh, a baseball bat and a ball cost a dollar 10, the bat is a dollar more than the ball. How much is the bat? Yeah, that definitely would take me more slow thinking to figure it out. But immediately I would want to take away the dollar and I'm left with 10 cents, but then that doesn't make sense. No. No. Well, most yeah. people would say a dollar, but it's yeah. a dollar. So the the ball is five cents and the bat is a dollar five. Mm-hmm. So it's a dollar more mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. equals a dollar ten. Mm-hmm. But most people want to say, oh, the bat is a dollar. And the and the bat is ten cents, but that's yeah, but that's not that's, that's ninety not, cents more. Yeah, yeah. So, but like you kind of have to slow things down, and that's the same thing with just in life in general. You have to slow things down and think about what is really going on. Uh, one of the things that I'm always trying to figure out what are what are truths that everyone thinks are lies, and what are lies that everyone thinks are truths. Wait, okay, say it again. What? What? <laughs> what are lies that everyone thinks are truths? And what are truths that everyone thinks are lies? Hmm. You got to think about, like, okay, what was true 50 years ago might not be true today. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I feel like one of our example is like, oh, I can't go outside in the cold because I'm going to catch a cold. Okay, that's not how you catch a cold. Yeah. Catch a cold from a virus or from some bacteria. Yeah. But that's like you don't get a cold from just being cold. Yeah. Type of thing. And but just like anything else, I feel like one of the things that really is harmful is like the cost of education. Like how can you give an 18-year-old $150,000 in student loan debt who didn't really do the calculations on what it, does it mean to take on that type of debt and what yeah. type of job opportunities they're going to have? 
like they're like, oh, we got to promote education. Yeah, education is important, but make sure you're not putting yourself in a position where you're going to be stuck for the rest yeah. of your life. Yeah, that's a whole nother issue for a whole yeah. other thing, but it yeah. definitely is part of financial planning. And hmm. me as a parent of three kids and me having student loans of my own, like it's something that I start to think about, but then it's right away. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. No, wait, this is too much. I can't think about it. So then I just like stop. <laughs> but well, that's something I do is I do student loan out analysis as well. I'll be like, Hey, this is what your students are. This is subsidizing everything. And like, I can give you an analysis. Okay. This is the best way to pay it down. Or like, maybe it'd be like, Hey, you just pay this for the rest of your life and just realize that, Hey, you got an education with this education. You got this higher paying job. Okay. Something as for development coaching. Okay. Well, we can, what, what can we do to help you get a better paying job so that the, the impact of this, um, student loan payment is not that bad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or so like, let you know what your options are and see which one fits the best for you. That's like, that's what a financial planner does. They tell yeah. you how to make sure you make good financial decisions Yep. or let you know what your options are so that you're not stuck down the road. Yeah. Well, you shared so many great things that have now been, got me thinking about more things. <laughs> yeah. But I really appreciate everything that you're doing, and I wish you so much success in your business. And um, share with us where can where can people find you? Do you have a website? Your social media? Um, yeah, um, you can find me at uh, growwithjoe.me. I'm working on that website. I had to just redesign it, so I'm working on that. But I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Grow With Joe, so you can follow me there. I'm the most active on Instagram in terms of posting and everything. And I also have a uh, my book, More You Know, More You Grow. It's on Amazon, but you can also get a free copy if you go to uh, growwithjoe.me slash book. Um, and all you have to do is just pay for shipping and handling, which is uh, $7, plus you get my top 15 books to read, my top 15 podcasts to change your mindset, and my top 15 uh, YouTube videos to motivate you when times get tough. I mean, you get the book as well. Oh, cool. But what is your book about? I guess we didn't really talk about oh. that. What is? Uh, so the book is, um, I don't know if you're going to share the Zoom or whatever with that, but it's right here, More You Know, More You Grow. Uh, basically, what I did is my goal every year is to read 36 books a year because that's the average number a CEO reads. So if I'm going to be the CEO of myself, I'm going to do what CEOs do. Mm, and 36 books. In mm-hmm. one year. I'm already at 24, so I'm on track. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, and I read some thick books, too. Uh, I read Atlas Shrugged. That was a thousand pages, and it was the hardest thing to read. And I read Don Quixote this year, too. And I was like, oh, God, that was so hard to read. That was mm-hmm. a thousand pages. But, like, but what I did in this book is I took the best lessons from all these previous books that I read and podcasts that I listened to and put them in one book. Mm. So, uh, one of my favorite lessons in this book is like the cost of having low value people in your life is your life. And so that's about surrounding yourself with the right people. Mm. Um, another one is like, you don't become an astronaut by accident, uh, go where the opportunities are. So there's a bunch like there, it's a short read and everything, but it gives you a lot of 
strategies on how to live a better life. How do you grow yourself physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally? Well, that's really great. And you put it all in, in a book and you yeah. have all these lists and all this advice and that yeah. completely aligns with, you know, what you're doing with financial planning and your um, coaching. Yeah. Coaching, self-development yeah. coaching. Um, also I have a podcast called your daily cup of Joe. So I give you like quick lessons between five and 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Just like how to implement this quick lesson on your life. So I think today I've released not every dollar is created equally. And that's about not trading your time for money. Mm. Think about how you're using your time and not how every task that you do is valued differently. Mm. Interesting. So it's called daily cup of Joe and where can we find your podcast? It's on Spotify, iTunes and Google music. Mm. Okay, cool. And so they're just five minutes. Yeah, five minutes. Do you publish it every day? Uh, Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. Okay. So, that's, cool. so the idea is you just get that quick lesson while you're drinking your cup of coffee in the morning and be like, oh. okay, I got a good strategy to help me implement this in my day. I like it. A daily cup of Joe with your daily cup of Joe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> while you're listening to daily cup of um, Joe. I love puns if you haven't noticed. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to grow your dough with Joe and you want a daily cup of Joe while you're drinking your daily cup of Joe, then and then this we'll is help the place you get to in, be. <laughs> and then we'll help you get in the flow. <laughs> yeah. In the flow. Mm-hmm. And bring more dough too. Yeah, bring more dough. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing all of your experiences. And I really appreciate what you're doing. And I will definitely check out your daily cup of Joe. Oh, thank you. And I uh, appreciate you having me on the, uh, on your podcast. And yeah, if you need anything, just let me know. And I'll, I'm looking forward to seeing you grow as well. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate. Find me on Instagram at Giselle's World and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com and please, please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.